My name is Kevin Phillips. My wife, Brooke, sitting over here with me. So glad to have her here. We represent the For All Mankind movement that we started about 11 years ago. And in case you didn't know, we're one of your newest church partners. Now, what we're doing is we're taking the collective energy and missional agenda of McGregor Baptist and everything God's put on our heart as fam and our disciple making and church planning and our teams around the world. And we're saying, you know what? Let's bring those two agendas together for partnership in seeing a disciple making movement that would lead to biblical church planting in every little nook and cranny in the eastern region of Nepal, just as fast and as qualitative and as biblical as we can do it, right? So man, I wanna say thank you for jumping in there with us. Just in our last few months, we've seen our first two churches planted in that eastern region. Even over the weekend, 15 people took our disciple-making training course just this weekend. It was so great to get some pictures in. And guys, we've seen over 500 people who from unreached people groups, didn't know anything about Jesus, now attending weekly Bible study and story groups and participating, some of them, in our house churches. We've reached over 500 people together that were unreached and are now reached, amen? So guys, I wanna say thank you and more, amen. There's a lot more to come. We're just getting started with bringing that ministry to scale in that place. So don't give up, don't quit, keep praying. We're looking forward to getting over there just as soon as they open the doors, we're going together to jump in there and help them out in the harvest fields. Guys, you know, we're in the GIC, this is that weekend, where you as McGregor Baptists have come and said, you know what, right at the first of the year, we're dedicating a whole weekend where everything we're doing, we're, we're, we're bringing everybody in for special meetings. We're calling all of our awesome mission partners in, as many as we can get them to come and rally with us. We wanna hear their stories. We wanna hear what God's doing because we want them that we're helping out in their harvest fields to come back home or come back around and share what God's doing, share their heart, share their practices, all of that kind of stuff that you might glean from us and those other awesome missionary teams that are here this weekend and you could tap into the mindset that they have. You know, all the missionaries you've encountered, I'm thinking guys working in Haiti, guys working in Africa, families working in uh, Northern Africa and stretching out, people working with Muslims in the UK and guys in, in Ireland that have seen 10,000 people reach just in the last little bit of time. Man, you've got some awesome partners. But I want to tell you something. Every testimony you've heard, every story you've heard from all the missionaries you guys are interacting with and times you've visited, nothing that has been done didn't first start with that family, that individual getting a missionary mindset. Before their hands could go to work, before their feet could start moving, there was a mental shift. Something happened here. They start thinking like a missionary. And this weekend is designed within your body to say, all right, we are here for the mission of Christ. And we're focusing on how we, on how you are gonna get in the right posture to really pursue the mission of Christ and to participate in the mission of Christ. That mission described in Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus speaking to his disciples says all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, so I want you to go. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. 
I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then I want you to teach them to obey everything that I've taught you. And in the midst of your going, I want you to hold on to this great promise. I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. That mission of Christ that we're focusing on, that mission of Christ that we want to pursue and participate in, that we need to get aligned with with the proper mindset, it's greatly described in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Where Jesus, again, speaking to his disciples way back in, back then, just as much as if he's talking to us right now about it, says, when you receive power from on high, you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, right here where they were at at the time, in Judea, the surrounding community, in Samaria, another part out, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, we are beneficiary of that. We've received from that. We're part of those that they went out to. And we continue in the forward and rapid advancement of the church, extending the kingdom of God where it's not known. Guys, that's what we're focused on. But if we're really gonna get postured for it, I'm big on posture, right? How do we get postured for it? If we're really postured for it, if we're really gonna pursue the mission of Christ, not just as a collective church, but each of us individually doing our part to say me and my household, we are postured for pursuing the mission of Christ. Listen, me and my household, my life, me and my friends, my family, my, as a husband and a wife, right here together, we are ready to pursue the mission of Christ. We wanna participate in it. Guys, I've found something over the years that the only way we can really get get postured up with that proper mindset is when we all, every one of us, we start thinking like a missionary. Now, the first time I ever said that phrase, an older seasoned minister of the gospel, he confronted me about it. He said, brother, I've met a lot of missionaries out there and I don't wanna be thinking anything like them. Well, I'm not talking about that kind of missionary, right? I'm talking about biblical missionaries. I'm talking about missionaries who are ready to go. I'm talking about those that are ready to sacrifice. I'm talking about those that are working hard. I'm talking about those that are living out what Paul said about the apostolic life, right? Having nothing, yet having everything. Yet forgotten, but always remembered. Considered the scum of the earth for your glory. That's the kind of missionary I'm talking about. And guys, when we focus on this, if we're gonna really pursue the mission of Christ, each and every one of us, independent of your stage of life, I want you to know, I'm talking to those little six-year-olds right here, right now, right? To start saying, as a six-year-old, I wanna be thinking like a missionary about my next birthday party, about my friends, about my class, about my sports team. And man, I'm talking to you 16-year-olds as well. I'm talking about you 16-year-olds that are saying, you know what, I'm looking at my school with missionary eyes. I'm looking at my friend group. I'm looking at my neighborhood. I'm looking about the decisions I'm making for college. I'm thinking like a missionary when I'm thinking about it. And I'm talking to you who are 66, that have gone through so many stages of life. You've landed here in Florida, the promised land, right? No more shoveling snow, none of that stuff. For those here that come from the Northeast, nobody in Florida comes from the Northeast. Sorry about that. It comes from somewhere else, right? I lived up in Philly for a while, right? Everybody was like, we gotta get to Myrtle Beach, and if you're good enough, you can get to Florida. That's where they wanted to come, right? 
Oh man, no matter if you're 66 years old in the room, man, I want you to start thinking about these glory days of your life and thinking like a missionary with every breath you have, every step you take, pursuing the missionary cry, the, the mission of Christ, thinking like a missionary. Well, guys, if we're gonna do it, if we're gonna acquire that mentality, that mindset, applying our life to it, then we've gotta know what a missionary really is. What is a missionary? Now, I know just saying the word, a lot of things starts coming up in your mind. So here's what we're gonna do. I wanna, I wanna help you get a new mentality. I want you to see it different. We wanna think biblically about it. Now, when I say the word missionary, there's something that comes to your mind for good or for bad, stereotype or cliche, there's something that's coming to your mind. So here's what we're gonna do. I wanna know what that is and see if we're, see if we're on the same page. So you're gonna have to trust me on this. I know some of you are thinking, that guy's gonna fly off the stage. He, he's coming off of there, right? My wife told me, listen, it'll get too close. If you fall down, there's no recovery. This is steep. I mean, it's really steep. And I've been known to fall off before, right? So he said, don't fall off. But listen, I'm not coming off the stage. I'm gonna stay up here till the time's over. I'm not coming to your house or anything like that. But I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes. And close your eyes, I'm gonna count to three. And when I count to three, I want you just the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word missionary, I just want you to lock it in there, right? And just think on a second. Don't worry if, if one of those stereotypes that's kind of weird pops up. Don't worry about if it's not the appropriate Sunday school answer that comes to your mind. Just let come whatever comes. That's what we're gonna deal with. But here it is. All right, let's close our eyes together. You ready? I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna ask that question. You lock it in. All right, one, two, three. What comes to your mind when you hear the word missionary? Lock it in. Now, I don't know what you're holding on to, but just like this podium's made out of glass, I don't want a stereotype or a cliche of what a missionary truly is to get you kind of boxed in and limit your, the scope of your thinking, limit the scale of your participation. Now, some of you may be thinking some things that I used to think. Let's see some images up on the screen. When you heard the word missionary, the first thing that came to your mind was this. I did a Google search on it. What is a missionary? Bam, number one picture that popped up, Google. Can't, can't deny it, Google's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-wise, right? Next thing, let's see it. What might have come to your mind? Maybe a picture like this. Man, when I hear missionary, I think great sacrifice. I think people that have made these awesome overt acts of, of celibacy and service and, and selflessness. And man, I just know that is not me. And that's so aspirational, but, but unattainable. Let's see another one. Maybe when you heard the word missionary, you thought something silly like this. It's a Franciscan monk, monk order or something like that. Or you saw these kind of things. It just seemed a little absurd when you hear the word missionary in modern terms, especially when they're robed guys in a parking lot with cars in the background, stuff like that. Okay, next one. Yeah, this guy, he's the real knucklehead of the group. <laughs> Brooke told me not to make fun of any pictures. I'm not making fun of anybody, but, but you know, sometimes I hear a missionary, I think the Ned Flanders of missions, right? Man, he's got his suit on, his helmet, he's all ready to go with his Bible, and we're just like, that's just not me, man. I, I, just, I just don't operate like that. It, it, that's what I hear, think when I hear a missionary, and I don't wanna have anything to do with it. Next one, let's see, like this. I love this guy. This is a positive image. But what I want you to see is when you hear the word missionary, you may be thinking this, Yes, I'm here, and when I hear missionary, it's something I go do there, right? And when I go there, I wear certain clothes, I do certain things, I'm real active and engaged, but it's something I do over there. I was here, 
I went over there, I did that, but I don't stay there. I don't wear those clothes every day. I don't eat that food. I don't keep that pace. But then I go back and I do something different here than I did over there. Missions over there. That may be a mindset that comes in we need to break down. Let's see another one. Love this one. This one I call the radical. Man, this one's the one that I'm like, I wish I was those guys, right? I, I wish I was that, right? I, I just, I'm like, man, look at that. They went over there to some tribe in the South Pacific, got their kids over there. They're over there doing it. And I'm thinking, man, I know our family, sweetheart. Our family, we, we raised three little girls. They're not like these little girls. Our girls are mall dwellers. Anybody raise some mall dwelling girls? That's my girl. They're prissy. Right, they're pretty, that's why we moved to Dubai. That's where we did our nine years of missionary. So we went to the world's largest mall city, right? That's a hundred million people go to the mall every year. That's where we lived as missionary. But I'm like, man, I wish we were those guys. I, I love that, I respect that. But I'm the, that's just not me. I don't fit the mold. We're not wired that way. If that's missions, that's missionary, it's just not me, right? Let's see another one. Maybe this is the stereotype that comes to your mind. You hear missions, you think this image. The, un, the, the untouchable, right? The man, that's the once in a lifetime, once in a generation, once in the history of mankind personality. And if that's the epitome of a missionary, how could I ever live up to that? Let's see one more. See this picture. For us in our tradition, in our background, these are the heroes. They're the books we read about. of Jim Elliott and Nate Saint in the Ecuadorian jungle trying to reach unreached people groups. And we see these pictures and I'm like, man, that's the all-star missionary. Man, that's who guys like me, we've been cutting our teeth reading their biographies and their stories and learning about it. And we memorize and we learn, we watch their tactics and strategies and we're like, but man, I can't fly a plane, right? <laughs> I'm not even that cool. I don't know how to do all the cool manly stuff they did back then and all that type of stuff. And then I think, you know, you hear the stories that, when these guys laid down their life on that riverbank right there, and they were martyred for the cause of Christ to bring that tribe to Christ. And the, and the villagers gave testimony later that as they laid down their lives, the trees were filled with glorious lights. And the sound of some music these villagers had never heard filled the atmosphere of that jungle place. And later when they had found Jesus and Jim Elliott's sister played a cassette tape of worship music, choir worship music, the villagers exclaimed, oh, oh, this is the music we heard in the trees as heaven opened up and the glory of God filled the place, welcoming home his saints. Man, if that's the image you gotta be to be a missionary, my kids don't even get excited when I come home. They're like, he's back. Then the dog doesn't even come to the door when I come home, right? I mean, if that's what it's gotta be to be a missionary, I'm a long way from it. But here's the danger. Just like this little glass box, sometimes we can have a glass ceiling when we think about what a missionary is and say, it's unattainable, I can't reach it. Or we have glass walls that pin us in saying, man, that's just not me, I don't fit the mold. Listen, I wanna break this thing down this morning and open up what a missionary really is. And if that's what you've been seeing, if that's what comes to your mind, these stereotypes and these cliches or these epitomes of greatness, listen, what if we could change that thinking today at McGregor? What if there was a mindset that prevailed across this body that instead of seeing these things when we hear the word missionary, we start seeing pictures that look a little bit more like this 
and a little bit more like you. When you hear the word missionary, you see a place like where you work. You see people that look like you. You see service and activities that you do. Places where you work, where you go to school. Friends that look like your friends. Situations you find yourself in every day. Guys, if we're gonna start thinking like a missionary, we have to get a new vision about what a missionary really is. And in the scriptures, when we start thinking of it as an apostolic calling, it starts to break these walls down and lift the glass ceiling up, showing us that all of us have an aspect in this. Truly, when we see it like that, apostolic calling. Now, I'm not talking about capital A apostles of the 12. I'm talking about low case apostles, meaning sent ones. And when we start thinking of a missionary as a biblical sent one, then in a sense, we all have this calling, this apostolic calling, this missionary calling. We all have a calling to be a sent one. And I'm gonna prove it to you from scripture today. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter five. We're gonna look at verse 17 through 20. Taking a look at how all of us that are in Christ have been called to be sent ones. Now listen, when I say the word sent one, don't let that picture of the guy on the cloth with the stick, right, in Africa, don't let that pop in your head just yet. For some of us, and that's, I'll even say for a few of us, that is the image that the Holy Spirit is pressing on your life. You need to go from here and go there. Many in the room have answered that call. I'm one of those. But living sent and being a sent one is so much more than that. Don't let any of those stereotypes start boxing you in through our talk. But let's look at 2 Corinthians and see how we all have a calling to be a sent one. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And here it is. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now let's stop right there. It says, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Who is this us he's talking about? Because we like to read it like this. Oh man, we're all in Christ. I've been made a new creation. The old's gone, the new's come. And he's gave Pastor Russell the ministry of reconciliation. We get to cheer him on. He gave Pastor Wade and Pastor this person and Pastor that person, Mr. Pastor this and Mrs. Minister that. He gave all them the ministry of reconciliation. But that's not what it said. Go back to it again. And he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world in himself, uh, to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed, there it is again, to us the message of reconciliation. Now go back up to verse 17. I have three questions for you. We're gonna see if this, this sense of apostolic calling of being a sent one, if it's applied to the Nate Saints and the Mother Teresas of the world, or if it's for all of us. Here's a few questions. It says right there in verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, 
they're a new creation. So here's my question for you, all right? I wanna hear from you. You just raise your hand, all right? Right hand up means yes. You know, this means no, okay? Or no, you don't have to answer no. <laughs> are you in Christ? Are you a new creation? All right, raise your hand. Yeah, okay, Pastor Russell, you should see this. Hands up all over the place, okay? Great, new creation. Check that box, let's move on. The old is gone and the new has come. Let me ask you this. Are you living the new life in Christ? Are you experiencing new life? Or is this, yeah, I'm in Christ because I, I, I made a little decision when I was five because my cousin did, or I got baptized when I was eight you know, because it was the thing to do, and my grandma would feel real happy if I did it. Anybody know what baptized means? You know, That's when you get baptized, you just get wet, but you weren't really saved. And I got baptized plenty of times. But I got really baptized when I truly gave my life to Christ at 12 years old. I was in Christ, new creation, and started experiencing the new life. So let me ask you, are you experiencing the new life in Christ? Man, you're not the same person. Let me see your hands. I'm in Christ. I'm experiencing the new life. Great, well, here it is. For all of you who just raised your hand, you are the us. It is to you that God has given the ministry of reconciliation, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Look what it says there about you. He says, and he has given you this message of reconciliation, considering in verse 20 that you are an ambassador of Christ. Here it is. As if God were making his appeal through your life. What's he saying? We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. He's placed that ministry in your hand for all the redeemed, for all those experiencing the new life. He himself has put the mission of Christ into your hand. Whether you're aware of it or not, the question is, are you living your God-given ministry? Letting the message of reconciliation pour forth from your life with your gifts, with your circles of influence, with your experiences, and the place where God has put you. Are you being one who is living sent? Are you living the static life, denying the ministry that God has placed into your hand? Guys, if we're gonna truly be missionaries, it's recognizing we are to be sent ones. He has placed not only new life in you, he's not only placed you in Christ, he has placed a ministry mantle upon your shoulders and wants to use your life to speak his gospel to those who have never heard it and are still outside of that relationship with Jesus. He's given us that ministry. We are to be sent ones. But so many of us have just been living our life like went ones. You know what I'm saying? Well, they were here, but they went there. Well, they were, but they went. Man, we got real tired in our ministry of having went ones. And we made our mind, we want to have sent ones. We took great steps of making sure nobody was just going here and went there and done, did that. Man, they were intentionally being sent ones. And it led us to seeing over 700,000 people in the last 10 years that were unreached that start participating weekly in our outreach Bible studies and house churches. It helped to start over 42,000 outreach Bible studies that happen every night of the week and plan over 3,400 churches in the last 
10 years, with half of those being in the last two. Guys, I tell you, the day of just being a went one or a static one is over. What is needed right now is for the body of Christ to wake up, start thinking like a true missionary, seeing themselves as a sent one and taking on that mentality in pursuit of the mission of Christ. So what's it mean to think like a missionary? What does it mean to acquire and maintain that kind of mindset as we posture up for the mission of Christ? As we seek to pursue it with every opportunity we have, as we participate in it with our gifts, our talents, our time, our treasure, and every opportunity we have in our circles of influence. Well, a wise man once said, I think, therefore I am. And the the way we apply our thinking to the mission of Christ is gonna determine our actions. So what does it mean to think like a missionary? Remember what I said about all those missionaries you've been interacting with this week? Man, hearing their stories, man, it started with a mindset. They got a mind, they're ready to start seeing the fields with missionary eyes, seeing the opportunity with the mind of Christ, seeing where the iron is hot, seeing the excluded peoples. They start seeing like a missionary. And it changed their thinking. We know when you sit out to do something, you can think about it many ways. You can think about it positively or negatively. You can think about it with faith or you can think about it with fear. You can think about it obediently or you can think about it disobediently. You can think about it with an attitude that says, I'll do it. Or just apply a do not mentality to it. You can think about it with a can attitude or a cannot attitude. But the way you approach the mission of Christ, with the mindset you bring to it, it's gonna determine whether you pursue it or you punt it away. Whether you participate in it or you just pass. Guys, here's what I'm believing about your church. You called for this missions conference. You invited us and so many others in to say, share with us your mentality. Share with us what's God doing. Energize our body because we want to pursue, not punt. We've looked at the fields around Fort Myers. We've looked at the fields throughout Central Florida and South Florida. We've looked at the fields in the U.S. where God's calling us to. We've looked overseas to the unreached peoples in Nepal and Africa and other places in the U.K., whatever. We've looked at them and we've analyzed the field. We've looked at the defense and we've said, it's not time to punt. It's time to participate. It's time to run the place. It's time to get after it. We're not going to pass. We're going to play. But it's gonna remain, it's gonna have to have a mindset of thinking like a missionary. Man, I had four different mindsets to share with you, but time's only gonna permit one. What perspective is this missionary mentality gonna have to have? Man, I know I've been doing this a long time. I know I look young. I'm 47, right? I know I look young. <laughs> Brooke says, you don't look that young anymore. <laughs> I still feel 18 half the time, but I'm, I'm a little older than that. Been doing this a long time. And I know that there's an unspoken conversation that's happening between me and you, and you're being very respectful in this setting to button up and listen. But I know there's another conversation happening. And it kind of sounds a little like this. Kevin, I hear you. 
We've had this kind of inspiration before. We've had this kind of guilt trip before. We've had lots of equipping and lots of training. But Kevin, what you don't understand is you don't know how hard it is to live sent in my context. Kevin, you don't know how hard it is to live sent in my unbelieving home and family. Kevin, you don't know how hard it is to live sent in my school and what I'm up against. You don't know how hard it is to live sent in where I, where I work or, or the neighborhood that I live in or with my past and my disadvantages. Man, I get it. It's tough. It's tough to live sent anywhere. But I wanna leave you with this last perspective of what it really takes to acquire and maintain that missionary thinking. When I think about living sent, I can't think of any place in the world it would be tougher to live sent than on death row in a Pakistani prison. There's a man at came into our ministry in Pakistan, killed a man, convicted of murder, sentenced to die. Muslim background fellow. There on death row in that prison, some of the guys in our team, our apostolic team, our sent ones team, local guys, they start looking around. They start looking at their harvest fields with missionary eyes and they saw that prison and they said, you know what? That place is impoverished with the gospel, right? We need to go bring it in there. So they went into the prison and they started reaching people and sharing the gospel and gathered up one of our story groups and guess who started coming to the story group? That Muslim convicted, death-sentenced murderer. Well, some of the junior guys that were leading that group, they were a little on their heels. He was asking a lot of tough questions about a lot of big things. And they were like, we need to go get with a big brother and ask for some help. So they went back to one of our team members and they asked for a little instruction and help. And this team member, another local Pakistani, he went with them to the prison. They start interacting. And over time, over several weeks, that man on death row gave his life to Jesus. He bowed the knee and called out and made Isa al-Masih the Lord and God of his life. And he went to my dear brother and he said, listen, I know I will be executed. There's nothing I can do to change it. I can't talk my way out of it. I can't pay to get out of it. I will be executed. But he said, the only thing I want in this Christian life on death row, in prison, with time ticking, the only thing I want is for my family to know the peace, the power, the love, the hope, the salvation that Jesus has brought to me and how it's for them. But how do you live sent from death row in a Pakistani prison? Well, he knew before his execution, his family would be allowed to come. And they'd be able to spend several hours and share a meal. And on the day of his execution, his whole family came. A lot of stuff you'd want to talk about if it was your last days on earth, last minutes, last hours on earth. 
The testimony came back to me that the only thing the man spoke about in the whole family visit the day of his execution was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sharing Jesus, testifying of Jesus, telling how Jesus had changed his life, witnessing to the gospel to his whole family right up till they took him for the execution time and he departed from this world. And his family left the prison, distraught, mourning, grieving, broken, having no freedom, no peace that can be found in Christ, truly sheep without a shepherd. They went back to their house, his testimony ringing in their ears. Our team came alongside, brought food, loved with them, cried with them, sat with them day after day after day, witnessing, reminding them about their son, their brother, their uncle, their cousins, hope that was found in Jesus until a story group was started in their home with their family and their neighbors. And people started coming to faith and being baptized as followers of Esau and Messiah. And then as they became followers of Jesus, now we stand with a church planted in that man's home. A church that man will never see. He'll never walk in. He'll never sit with them on this side of glory. But his testimony led somehow, some way, he figured out how to live sent from death row in a Pakistani prison. I'm gonna leave you with this. How can you figure out how to live sent in your context? Listen, there are some of you, over there is where you're gonna be sent to. And some of you are gonna be sent around the corner. You know what Brooke and I started? Before we went over there, you know what we started? We started mission trips across the driveway with our kids to our Vietnamese neighbors and our Hindu neighbors and our whatever neighbors, right? And the first time we said it to our girls, we're going on a mission trip today. Missing her front too, she's like, are we going on an airplane? And I'm like, no, sweetheart. We're going on a mission trip across the driveway. Listen, you gotta figure out how to live sin, no matter how tough it is, no matter how degrading it is, no matter how much it costs, you gotta figure out how to live sin because here it is, he's already placed that ministry in your hand, like it or not, aware of it or not, it sits there today. What's left is will you accept it, will you receive it and draw it into the center of your being and commit your life to the cause of Christ, to the mission of Christ. I'm gonna ask you to do one last thing for me. For you who are in Christ, for you who are living the new life, I'm gonna ask you to hold your hand out like this. Just do it for me. Just hold your hand out like this. And look at your palm and realize the King of Kings has already placed this ministry in your hands. You're accountable for it. You're responsible for it. You're blessed with the opportunity. And just like Chick-fil-A, it's our pleasure to get served. Right? It's right there. Just keep, just tight your elbow in. Don't get wore out. Keep it out there. But here's our invitation today. Will you receive it? In a moment when we pray, when you close your hand, don't close it unless you're saying, Lord, I perceive it and I receive it. Then I'm gonna ask you to draw, don't do it now, but draw it to your heart in a minute. And when we pray, I'm gonna ask you to pray your own prayer to the Father in Jesus' name, saying, Lord, help me figure out what it means to live as a sent one in my context, in my stage of life. And then just watch. Watch how God opens doors. Watch how you start thinking like a missionary 
seeing different, feeling different, being different as you pursue and participate in the cause of Christ. So stretch your hand out. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you perceive it, that yes, he has done this and I receive it, I want you to close your hand. And before you take it to your heart and signifying your commitment to pursue and participate in the mission of Christ with everything that you are as God has enabled you, created you and gives you opportunity. If you can say, yes, Lord, my yes is on the table. I accept it. Now I want you to pull that hand in close to your heart. And you just tell God the desire of your heart right now. Put it in your own words as I pray for you, Lord. God, we thank you that you are in Christ reconciling the world to yourself. Lord, we thank you you've made all of us brand new in Christ, new creations. Lord, we thank you that you valued us to invite you into your great ministry, your kingdom's work. So Lord, we accept it today. We draw it into our hearts. We say, Lord, teach us, show us, inspire us to live sent, not static lives. God, give creative expression, give opportunity, give awareness. But Lord, I ask over this whole body, permeate this place and penetrate every heart with missionary thinking. The Gregor Baptist Church would never be the same. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name.